Hello, and welcome to another episode of the podcast. I'm Emily Wood, your host, and if you notice, there are a couple changes to the podcast, but actually, I'm super excited, and I wanted to start by telling you guys that there are some major changes that are about to come to the podcast that I know you're just going to love, and I'm super excited to unveil them to you on Tuesday, June 4th. So stay tuned for those, and you guys are going to love it. I, I can't even wait. But I know that it's been a few weeks since we chatted, and that's because I have been working super hard on getting my Embracing Plant-Based Mastermind group up and running that I was telling you guys about last episode. And that is designed for if you're looking for that ongoing support and accountability and to get every single one of your questions answered while you're making this transition to the plant-based lifestyle, this program is for you for sure. So in this week's episode, I spoke with Catherine Conti, and Catherine is a certified yoga therapist and a Dean Ornish lifestyle medicine facilitator. For over 20 years, she has been committed to natural health and personal development with a focus on teaching individuals and groups to regain their health and discover and fulfill their innate purpose in life. And I just loved talking to Catherine because she's just so insightful and bring so much peace and calmness to this episode. And if you're anything like me, being a busy mom, you just feel like you're running around 24-7, and that peace and calmness does not exist, (laughs) but it does. And Catherine gives us a whole bunch of insights and tips on how we can bring more of that calmness and peace to our life. And it was just a really great interview. So as always, if you are enjoying the podcast, please give give me a nice rating and share with your family and friends. And let's get to it. Hi, Catherine. Thank you so much for joining us today. Emily, so good to be here. Thanks for having me. So I have to tell everyone, I recently met Catherine through a mutual friend of ours. And um, I'm so glad that Tom, our friend's name is Tom, did because Catherine is just seems like such a gentle soul, and she has so much to share with us busy moms and parents out there. Um, So once again, thank you so much, Catherine. Um, And I want to start by asking you this question, because I feel like the term mindfulness gets thrown out there, and so many people want to be more mindful, but I don't think that a lot of people really understand what it means. So would you, would you please explain the meaning of mindfulness? <laughs> That's a good way to get started. <laughs> yeah. you're, you're so right. It's, it's just everywhere these days, isn't it? You know, mindfulness, where you hear it used in every capacity and, and, you know, all these different applications. So what does it mean? Um, in a, a very short way of expressing it is a state of presence and focus. So. I'll just say that again, right? Because that really is the definition um, that I've extracted from reading lots about this is a state of presence and focus. So, all right, let's say more about that. Let's unpack it a little bit. Mindlessness (laughs) 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 is... Well, I would say not. I'm going to do some generalization here, but mindlessness is when our mind is um, 
just doing its thing. It's kind of like on a gerbil wheel and just going over its, uh, its normal day-to-day -day kind of thoughts, such as, oh, what am I going to have for dinner? Geez, I forgot to do the laundry. Oh, I wonder why so-and-so said that to me. You, you hear what I'm saying? It's like it, it, our mind in general, left unattended and untrained, bounces a lot. Right, it bounces from one subject to the next to the next, and then it, it kind of is on a, a repeat loop. Would you say that's that autopilot? Uh, autopilot yeah. in our house is what, is what yeah. we call that. Okay, so you have a name for it, so I'm gonna assume yeah. that you know what I'm talking about. Oh, yes, I do. <laughs> <laughs> and I bet everyone that's listening in could say the same. So the generalization is true. It's our it's 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 a human condition. And because of that, number one, we should, you know, take heart that it's not just us. So does it, so it's not our fault, you know, there's nothing wrong with you <laughs> because you can't settle your mind. But we'll put that kind of wandering ping pong mind um, against the practice of mindfulness, which I defined as a state of presence and focus. So I'm, let, let me ask you, when you're in that I, I think, as you put it, that autopilot, right? Do you feel that you are focused and present? Oh, not at all. Definitely not. I, yeah. I, I, I'm doing one thing and I'm thinking about 10 other things. <laughs> exactly, exactly. So the focus isn't there and you're actually, you're um, by way of your mind, you're, you're, it's, there's like a little bit of dissociation. <laughs> from what you might, the activity that you might be doing. Like your body might be cutting onions, but your mind might be, you know, a year ahead or wherever it, you know, wherever it, it takes you. Um, so when we practice mindfulness, it's that practice of bringing our attention in the here and now. Mm -hmm. And that's where we get that, that definition of a state of presence and focus. Because when our attention is in the here and now, we're present right. and we're focusing on what's happening now versus tomorrow or yesterday. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So it's a way of gathering our attention into the present. Yeah. And it's funny because, you know, I, um, I still have a lot of work to do when it comes to being more <laughs> present, <laughs> but I'm, I'm definitely working towards it. And but I, I just recall thinking back about how, you know, mindless, uh, you know, I, I guess is the phrase we can go back, but how not present I was for so long, even with my kids, I'm like, oh my gosh, I think about, you know, sitting on the floor playing with them, but I wasn't really playing with them. I, I was just there in body. Um, and I can remember distinctly, and, and this is a whole nother topic, this whole mindful eating thing. Um, but that's another thing I can remember distinctly one day I was sitting um, at my office and I was doing something on the computer and I was in a big hurry and I was eating um, a bagel. I was eating a bagel. Okay. It wasn't the healthiest thing, but uh, I was eating a bagel. Two confessions and, from Emily. No. <laughs> <laughs> and, 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 and before I knew it, I went to go take another bite and it was gone. Yep. I'm like, holy cow, did I just eat that entire bagel? Like I didn't even 
remember eating that entire bagel. And, and from, and that was kind of like a big shift and it seems something so simple, but that was a huge shift where I was like, you know what, if I can't even remember taking bites of my bagel, like there's something wrong. <laughs> I need to slow down and really become more present in my life. Um, and, and a lot of people, I, I think, uh, you know, suffer with, with this kind of thing. Um, and you kind of mentioned it, or we've been talking about it, this whole physical presence, but as far as being more mindful, being more present, um, how does that affect our mood? Um, I just want to, first of all, say that is an awesome example that you used about eating the bagel and then it's gone and you are gone. Right. Yeah. And also you just said mindfulness as a physical presence. It's a, it's a mental presence mm -hmm. because your body was there eating the bagel, but your mind was elsewhere. So it's again, aligning your mind, right? Your ability to pay attention in whatever the body is experiencing by way of our senses. Like an eating is like such a sensual experience, right? It involves so, such a full and rich array of um, sensory experience. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So, what, so go ahead, yeah. Oh no, I was gonna say, and you're right about that because I, I think I did say physical presence, which, you know, we're all physically present. <laughs> but like you said, it's bringing that, you know, that more, um, I guess you would call it like a spiritual presence in, right? Or just really just a whole, you know, the whole body as a whole coming in. Um, consciousness, but, we would call it. Consciousness, yes, mm -hmm. thank you very much. Um, so yes, okay, so continue. <laughs> what was your second, did you ask me another question? <laughs> yeah, yeah, so we talked about, um, you know, about being more, you know, being more, more present um, in mind, but, you know, how does this affect our, um, or does it even have an impact on, on maybe our overall mood? Yes, absolutely. So again, um, the answer is yes. The short answer is yes, because when we're mindful, we're beginning to recognize what fills our mind, right? These thoughts, these random thoughts that when we're mindless, we take it um, to be real. Like if I have a thought, let's say I'm having a really worrisome thought that something is going to befall my beloved child or something like that. It's like, and this is a typical thing for a mom. Like, oh, geez, I wonder if he or she is okay and, you know, all of that. And if, if we let our imaginations run wild, which we do, <laughs> we may start to be, have like worrisome thoughts, which can turn into a lot of anxiety, right? Now, our body is reacting as if that that event is happening right have you ever had a, a worrisome or um, an anxious thought and you get sweaty your heart races you, you get short of breath and you're you're almost reacting as if that that was the reality so our nervous system is responding to that worrisome thought okay so that's how um the neuro in, in short right i'm very much simplifying but in short that's how the um the neurology works and how thoughts can affect our mood. So when we become more mindful of what's in our mind, we can start to, we have a choice, right? We can shift from unhealthy mental states to healthier ones, or said in another way, from negative or worrisome ones to more uplifting or positive ones. And we don't know how to do that if we, or we don't give ourselves the opportunity is a better way of saying it. If we just stay in that cycle, 
that mindlessness cycle of just letting the worry build or letting the repetitive thinking go on unattended. Does that make sense? Yes, it does. And I was going to say, I love the way you worded that about how we, when we have a worrisome thought is that our body is physically, physically responding to that as it, as if it's actually happening. And I think that is such a cool way that you put that. Um, it, it's just, I've never really heard it described that way. And, and it's almost, you know, like you are creating this reality and it's like, you know, what, what are you, what are you getting all worked up about? <laughs> You know, um, whoopsie, I'm dropping stuff all over the place. I don't know if anybody- <laughs> This is an exciting right subject. Whoever <laughs> knew. <laughs> so I was wondering if you could differentiate for us. Um, I feel like meditation and mindfulness kind of get used interchangeably. Um, so could you, could you tell us, is there a difference between the two? Great question. And you're absolutely right. They do get overlapped a lot and we're not sure, you know, <laughs> if there is a difference. Um, so I would say that mindfulness is a meditation technique mm -hmm. and it's one that has like really blown up in the, you know, it, let, let me say too, that it's a very old tradition, you know, well, the roots are in Buddhism and there's roots in, um, in uh, more yogic traditions. Um, and then it's become very modernized by the work of uh, Jean Kabat-Zinn. I think I said his name, I said his name right. Um, mm -hmm. um, so meditation, again, is that process of deliberately focusing, of, of being able to pay attention on, um, on purpose, right? And developing the ability to concentrate your mind so that, for instance, you would know if you're eating a bagel or not, or if you are, um, if a worrisome thought is arising in you, or that you're breathing in or out at any particular moment. So meditation, when we get in a, when we begin a meditative state, um, or, or practice is better to say, um, we become aware. Now, Meditation, there are many te uh, techniques or schools of meditation and mindfulness fits inside of that. But the, again, that overall, that umbrella um, objective for most of us is that state of presence and focus. And that's what we're developing in all of the ways of doing meditation. Mm -hmm. So and one type of meditation might be like a mantra-based meditation, which means to repeat a word or a phrase over and over again, right? So we use the phrasing to hold our attention more or less in place, mm -hmm. right? So the word, um, you know, there's, there's many options. And in some schools like transcendental meditation, you're given a word when you're initiated into that practice. There's breath meditation, and I'm sure that's become also very popularized, which makes me happy. <laughs> um, so you can you can simply focus on your breath one after the other, and then there's um, more visual. Like you would you could use images to meditate on. It could be an image of um, something that is very uplifting to you, like birds in a tree, or a sacred image, right? And you just you just focus your attention on it, and then 
something happens, right? Your mind begins to wander. Right? So that's the basic concept of meditation. And you can kind of give your mind something to anchor it. And that would um, be like the different techniques or schools. Mm-hmm. Mindfulness is to pay attention in a more um, open way. So it's sometimes called open awareness. So you let your mind just be, you're not necessarily giving it an anchor, although you could, right? That could also, you know, I'm going to be mindful of my breath or I'm gonna be mindful of this image in front of me or this word, but it's meant to, uh, I'm sorry, but this open awareness technique is that you let your mind be, you give it like full range, like a horse in a really, really big field versus in, you know, stuck in a corral, right? And the horse is going to get restless, you know, in our mind, if it gets kind of restless like that, you know what happens, right? We get fidgety and I can't do this and I'm no good at this. And oh, meditation is not for me. Yeah. (laughs) This big open awareness. And here's what happens. You your intention is to let your mind be and watch it. And what happens is something will occur to you. Like you'll have a thought like, Oh, I'm hungry. And then you start going off with that thought a little bit like, Oh, I'm hungry. Geez. I I wonder if I have, you know, salad in the refrigerator. At some point, your mind, your consciousness, recognizes that you're having that thought right and i I put there like a big uh, star right there at that second that instant where you're when you have recognized your consciousness became aware of your wandering mind and you're you have that oh return back to the spaciousness of my mind let the thought go that's the practice of mindfulness is to keep coming back to paying attention. When your mind wanders, you notice it, and then you come back. So if your mind wanders a thousand times, when you sit down for your 10 minutes, you come back a thousand and one times. And it's funny because it's so true how you said one thought leads to another. Oh, I'm hungry. Oh, I wonder if I have salad in the fridge. Yeah. Oh, shoot. I think I forgot to get ranch dressing at the store. You know, like, <laughs> like one thing after another, after another. And it's, it's just, it's, it's so true. I want to shift just a little bit. I mean, this still does play a role uh, in what we're talking about, uh, but I want to talk a little bit about stress, you know, cause everybody's stressed out that yeah. that's like, you know, the phrase of the century. Um, so how does having this chronic stress in our life impact our health? Well, first of all, I think we would all admit that it feels horrible, right? I've never met anyone that can't wait to wake up and get stressed out. <laughs> you know, like That's true. <laughs> it's not like, yeah, I'm really looking forward to being stressed out today. <laughs> so that's the most indicative (laughs) symptom, so to speak. It just feels rotten. Um, Beyond that, (laughs) why it feels rotten. Um, It impacts our health in a lot of ways. One, and and, and directly, is it impacts our our heart workload. Our heart has to work harder under the condition of stress. Stress is tension, right? So everything tightens up. We start breathing more quickly. Um, We may even have difficulty breathing. 
muscular tension, right? We just mentioned tension for the heart and for our breathing, but that muscular tension may lead to chronic headaches or insomnia or um, digestive upset, right? If we're not relaxing and we're not, or let's say we're squeezing our abdomen because we're tense, our digestive, um, our digestion is impacted, right? Because our, our digestion works under what's called a parasympathetic nervous system. So if our body is constantly getting the, um, the message that no, stay awake, stay alert, something, you know, keep going, like something is happening that you need to be hypervigilant, mm -hmm. your body does not prioritize the things of healing and digestion and deep rest and repair. Mm -hmm. So that alone accumulated day after day or night after night can start to break down on um, our, our health and of course our immune system. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So it's a big assault, like stress is a huge assault on our, our health, our mental health, and, and of course, you know, our physiology. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I could go on, you know, with, you know, so many more, it, it increases cholesterol, things like that, but I think you get the picture. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Is there a correlation between what we eat and how our mood is. Um, and, and in addition to that, you know, I believe in a, like a holistic approach. We need a, a varied, a variety of whole plant-based foods in our diet to really get the greatest benefit towards health. Uh, but you know, people ask me all the time, you know, is there one food or two foods that I can eat that are going to take my anxiety away or lift my mood? You know, <laughs> so, so in, in, in your, your expert opinion, um, what are your thoughts about that? Well, I wish I had that food <laughs> because it would be marketed. <laughs> yes. <laughs> you know, everyone wants the simple answer and because they're feeling <laughs> overwhelmed <laughs> and they don't have time to become the expert. And also that it's hard like to make sweeping changes in our life when we feel so overwhelmed with just the details and the day to day. Um, so I'd love to hear what you say too, but and I'm going to be non-popular in, in this um, age of keto diets and things like that. But from my understanding and my experience, complex carbohydrates are a calming food. Why? Because they're complex carbohydrates they digest slowly, which means that our blood sugar um, doesn't plummet or skyrocket and plummet and you know, have all of those um, cascading effects that like fast foods, like sugary foods would um, give us. So it's a, like a steady burn, so to speak. Um, and that's a calming state, right? That, that kind of having a slow release of energy for a long period of time is calming versus like a quick hit and then a, a fall. So complex carbohydrates, and, and if I need to define complex carbohydrates, um, because people might interpret that differently, what I mean is whole grains. So before anything has happened to them, <laughs> so before rice gets um, stripped and turned into white rice or white flour, it, or made into a cereal or something like that, the actual rice ideally brown rice that would be whole grain white rice is had things removed so it's not necessarily a whole grain it's close to it but not complete mm -hmm. 
Mm -hmm. um, same thing with, you know, if, if the many other like quinoa or, or buckwheat, um, uh, uh, well, I'm going blank, rye, um, other whole grains. I'm forgetting some, I'm sure. So those types of foods, like complex carbohydrates and lots of vegetables and fruits. So real foods, like Michael Pollan says, real foods, um, not too much, mostly plants. Mm -hmm. I might've uh, mixed the, the order up a little bit, but that's the general message. And it's really what science is pointing to. Um, it's not really controversial anymore as it might've been 10, 20 years ago. The science the real science, the, 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 the stuff, you know, the randomized trials and things like that are finding that that's the best human diet. Why? So one of the underlying causes of disease states is inflammation. So this type of diet and inflammation, disease states, both of mind and body, right? So physiological and mental health. Mm -hmm. um, so inflammation also, um, can underlie, let's say, depression or anxiety. So if we can reduce inflammation by a, a, a real foods diet, mostly plants, um, doesn't have to be vegan, but it, lean in that direction, we have a better chance. Like we're really giving our body what, what it needs, our body and our, our mental well-being, what it needs to, to, to function at its best. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and I agree with everything you're saying is that, you know, the science is really just clear now that eating more whole plant-based foods is how we are going to achieve um, optimal health. And, and there, it's also shown to be linked to improving our mood, um, putting us out of this state of depression that so many of us are in. Mm -hmm. And when we're talking about whole plant-based foods. And, and this, this, this drives me crazy is that, you know, I'll see a client and they'll come in and they'll be on who knows what supplement. Well, <laughs> I'm taking cinnamon pills and I'm taking turmeric capsules and I'm taking this and everything's in pill form. And that's not what we're talking about. It doesn't matter that that supplement originated from some plant somewhere along the line. You know, we're talking about whole plant-based foods. The actual food is what you need to be consuming mm -hmm. to get this benefit. Um, so I just, I always like to point that out. And uh, there was something else I wanted to say, and now I can't recall. But, uh, but yeah, I, I, I agree. I agree that the science is clear and this is the direction uh, you know, that if, if you're wondering where to go to improve your health and, and really just live in a happier state of mind, I mean, whole foods, plant-based eating, leaning in that direction is, is really the answer. You know, I want to add too, it's never been easier. I've been um, vegan for 20 something years. So it wasn't as easy then when I started you know, maybe we had soy milk <laughs> and, you know, you, and, and at the time whole foods was considered more of like a specialty market that sold like these outside of the box, <laughs> no pun intended, but yeah, yeah. Of the box types of, of, <laughs> of foods. <laughs> um, but now you can just go anywhere, you know, you can go anywhere and get, there's chopped vegetables, like so ready and prepared um, all sorts of alternatives. Um, it, so it's not as, as chat, you don't have to dig so deep anymore. It's really at your fingertips. It and really just, is. Yeah. And, and, a, oh, and uh, a couple 
couple interviews ago, I spoke with um, Sarah Goodenough, and she's the owner of a meal service delivery called Kitchen Verde, and it's all plant-based, oil-free. So just going along with it couldn't have been easier. I mean, you can get whole plant-based foods delivered right to your door. So, I mean, it literally <laughs> hasn't yeah. been, I mean, it, it can't get any easier than that. Wonderful. Uh, <laughs> for her. Yeah, yeah. And I know there's others around, um, but I thought of her because um, she's, she's wonderful. I love Sarah. Um, yeah. So, so shifting gears back again a little bit, there's a lot of, I mean, you know, there's no denying that in this day and age, I mean, we have a lot on our plate and I gear a lot towards moms because I feel like, you know, it's not just, yes, we still, we still have stay at home moms, but I feel like there's more moms out there working and there's more moms out there starting businesses and there's just more, more moms out there doing things. And, and so it might be. In, in, in a lot of our minds is that, you know, I don't have time to do any of this mindfulness, meditation, stress management work. Um, so would you be able to share with us just some tips that we can easily, or some techniques that we can easily fit into our daily lives to lead us on a path to feeling more peaceful, being more present in mind, um, and just really just, just, releasing some of that everyday stress and anxiety that we have. I feel it too. <laughs> so yes. Um, if you come, if we come back or circle back to that simple definition of paying attention, right? So it does it. So if, if we, if we stay with that, that means we can do that anytime, anywhere, you know, so here's a, a question I have for your listeners. Do you have the time to pay attention? <laughs> Great question. Right. I wish I made that up, but it's something I heard many years ago from a, um, a nun. <laughs> and people were questioning how she managed to get everything she did. She was just a very accomplished person. And, you know, she, 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 she um, managed to look after the details of, of many things. And um, a student asked her, how do you, you know, how do you manage to do this? And she goes, well, I, do you, do, you know, I know, how do you have the time to do all of this? She goes, well, do you have the time to pay attention? And so her, so what she was applying that to is no matter what she did, she wasn't looking at her long to-do list while she was doing everything. She was doing the thing that she was doing and paying attention to it. And then when her attention I'm sorry, when she was finished with that task, then she would bring her attention to the next task. And she went about her life like this. And by doing that, she accomplished so much, even in just one day. Mm -hmm. um, so it's that, 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 that statement of hers, that question has stayed with me forever. Like, do I have the time to pay attention? So much of our time is spent you know, like we expressed earlier, that wandering, which is exhausting and draining. And we're not really putting our attention on the task at hand, which means that we're not doing a great job at it, or we may not feel like we're doing a great job at it. Um, we may have to reread the same page 10 times because our mind was wandering. Mm -hmm. So mindfulness is a real practical skill because it builds what's called concentration power. Okay, so having said that, you can practice mindfulness or meditation 24-7 because it's a matter of being 
awaken to the moment, paying attention to the moment. However, like any skill or practice, it helps to have a little uh, formality, like a, a formal practice, like doing your scales before you go off and rip on some, <laughs> some music, right? Mm. Or you generate your own. You, um, you, those foundations are really helpful um, when you're thrown into um, many circumstances that you don't have a lot of control over. So in a meditation practice, you have control over that because you know, you know, you set the time, you sit down. For the most part, you're sitting in a room in your house or a corner in your house that is is quiet, um, at least for that moment. <laughs> yeah, yeah, for five minutes at least. Yeah. So with that being said, here are some simple things you can do. If you have five minutes, and I would, and I really say that with sincerity. Because some people think, oh, I need, you know, I need 20 minutes, or I need a half hour, or I need an hour to meditate. Well, that's not going to happen. I guarantee you. I'll say start with five minutes and be committed to those five minutes and put the five minutes on your phone. In other words, um, put your alarm on, a nice, soft, gentle alarm and time it. That way, when you're sitting for those five minutes, you're not busy looking at your, <laughs> your watch, wondering when the five minutes are going to be done. And then show up for yourself. Now, that's a big phrase right there. We can unpack that for a while, too. But show up for yourself in those five minutes. So you're, you're, you're giving yourself that self-care. And, and that really is self-care because it's quieting to your mind. And remember what we said earlier about the, the impact of stress on our mental and physical well-being, not to mention our relationships, right, and our interactions with other people. Um, so it's, a, it's a, a form of self-care. So you sit down for those five minutes, your phone is on a timer, and if you would like, you can just simply, because your breath is always with you, okay? So you don't need a mantra. You don't need to study anything more about meditation. You can spend the rest of your life being attentive to your breathing. So here's what I would do. Bring one hand to the center of your chest and then your second hand to your upper abdomen, right above your belly button. Relax your hands. Sit. Become aware that you're sitting and start to bring your attention in and around yourself. Maybe you close your eyes, maybe you don't. It doesn't matter. It's easier when you close your eyes, I think, right? Less stimulation for your, your brain by way of your optic nerve. Okay. And then you feel your breath and your body move together. Every time you breathe, your hands are going to move. When you breathe in, your hands are going to lift up. And when you breathe out, your hands are gonna drop down. And you just follow your breathing pattern like that, your body and your breath together. And then after about a few, uh, two or three breaths, four breaths, your mind is gonna wander. <laughs> I guarantee it. And what do you do? You simply, you'll notice at some moment, at some instant, you'll notice, and that's that, that's that supercharged moment. That's the moment of mindfulness. You become aware of yourself. You become aware. You're conscious at that moment. You're not mindless. You become conscious. And you come back to that very next breath. And that very next breath is right there. Now, that's one practice. And I want to add, um, some people get very self-conscious when they focus on their breath. 
and then they feel like they can't breathe. Okay. So if you're, or you are, you are any of your listeners have that experience, you might choose a word such as I am healthy. I a word. That was a phrase. <laughs> a word could be peace, something that's uplifting, something that's meaningful to you, that something that you want to embody a quality of living that you want to embody and that even thinking about it, you know, brings life to you. Okay. So it may be a, a, a simple phrase. Maybe it's an inspired phrase from a sacred text, something that you don't have to strain to remember, you know, just a simple phrase or word or two. And you would do, instead of the breath, you would focus on that word. You could say it aloud if you were alone or silently. And when your mind wandered, same technique. You would notice it and you come back to repeating that word. So those are two formal practices for five minutes. I suggest the same time every day, if possible, so that you have order, that you have it scheduled into your behaviors, your habits. Mm -hmm. um, and shoot for every day. So that way, if you shoot for every day, and if you fall short, you still shot high enough that you're probably around, you know, if you missed a day or two, you still practice five days a week. Mm -hmm. So are we still, because I think it's easy to say, oh, shoot, I missed three days. I'm done. You know, it's not going <laughs> to make a difference. Um, you know, but if we're still doing it on somewhat of a consistent basis, I mean, are we still getting a benefit of doing this? a benefit out of this? I think you'll get a benefit after five minutes. Great. I really do. Um, and um, to, to what, you, what you said, that comment, oh, I missed three days. Try not to, because especially if it's a new habit, anytime, like the further away, you know this, right, from, um, you know, food and, you know, people trying to change their eating habits and things like that. If you get too far off track, it's harder to get back on track yes. so try not to get too far away so if you missed a day please by um no answer I, no, no answer i was i was distracted right there I was, <laughs> <laughs> by no means um don't get discouraged come back and um be, just begin again you know though that's my best advice you just keep beginning again over and over even within the practice begin again begin again and you will notice a difference. And I always, you know, I, I take people, you know, to heart when they say, okay, five minutes is the max. And I'm like, okay, because I know that if you are sincere with that five minute practice, I know it's going to turn into more because it's such a pleasurable experience. You're going to start to want it. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And I'll say this too, give yourself 30 days. Don't take my word for it. Don't take anyone's word for it, right? Give yourself 30 days. And after 30 days of practicing most of those 30 days for five minutes, if you feel that it's not a worthwhile practice for you, then don't do it. Find something else. It may not be for you. There are other ways to focus your attention and your presence. Mm -hmm. Great. Like just paying attention, right? <laughs> Exactly. <laughs> you, know, it may, you know, again, the formal practice helps. Yeah. But we use it in every aspect of our life, right? Great athletes, artists, musicians. 
I would say they're in a state of great concentration and presence. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Say they're in a meditative state. Absolutely. I agree with that. I know that you are a trained stress management specialist with <laughs> the Dean Ornish Lifestyle Heart Reversal Program. Uh, and if anyone listening isn't familiar with that, uh, look it up. I mean, Dr. Dean Ornish and his Lifestyle Health Program is <laughs> the program, I think, when it comes to uh, whole food, plant-based lifestyle and reversing heart disease, although Dr. Esselstyn is up there as well, so I shouldn't say that. Um, so you are, you are a stress management specialist for this program. And I, I just want to know, you know, have you seen, you know, firsthand people either reversing heart disease or significantly just taking hold of their life and, and just, just living just, uh, just more optimally um, all around? I mean, what are your experiences with these outcomes that you've seen? We've had... Um great outcomes. Now, we get a a range of people either that have had a significant heart event, right, a heart attack or or stents or bypass surgery, or people who are at very high risk and may be not even eligible for surgery because they're so high risk. So some people are at the end of the road as far as what options they have, and they may be willing to do whatever it takes. Now, you would think that even with someone who has had a heart event that they would also be willing to do whatever it takes. But remember, behavioral change is tough. And the, um, this particular program is multi-faceted. Um, Stress management is a piece of it, and you know, for the reasons that we just mentioned, because of its impact on heart health, as well as a plant-based diet, as well as exercise, and something that we call group support. And what we're doing in group support is, is really learning how to speak um, what is what is true and and honest for us, because we know that isolation and not being able to share your emotions and your thoughts can lead to um, strain and uh, depression and, and, you know, mental health um, issues. So that's a taste of the program or an overview of the program. And when people embrace it, they get, we, it's very predictable. We, we expect that they're going to have a turnaround. The, pro- the program pra- um, promises not only prevention of heart disease, but over time, reversal. And no one has made that claim yet, you know, other than uh, Dr. Ornish and, and the work that he did in his um, heart trial back in uh, the early uh, 90s. So, Yes, we see people's life changing. We see measurements, meaning their um, their heart rate, blood pressure, um, medicines needing to be changed because their body is changing. Inflammation is going down. The, the medicines are reacting differently because the system is changing. We see that all the time. And it's very hopeful and it's very um, exciting every time it happens, even though we expect it and we know it and that's what we're doing. Every time someone tells me of, you know, their, their little achievement, you know, it's, it's like, yay, I'm, I'm thrilled for them. They start to feel better. So, you know, something as simple as I can bend down and tie my shoes because the inflammation in their body is decreasing and, and maybe some weight and also flexibility, because as, as you reduce 
tension and stress and inflammation, your body will become more flexible. They're sleeping better. They're digesting, digesting better. So, and they're enjoying life better. Yeah. And it really is, I like how you said a multifaceted approach because it's not just, as you mentioned, you know, not just the whole food plant-based diet. It's not just the stress management piece or just the exercise piece. You know, it's tying so many components together to really get this benefit. And, and, and that, that's the problem with a lot of these fad diets that are out there is that, oh, here you go, lose weight, you know, okay, great. But it's not just about one piece. It's about yeah. so many other pieces. And that's really what I love about Dr. Ornish's program and just lifestyle health in general is, is just, it's such an incredible thing and really does encompass all of those things. So, yeah. So thank you for sharing that. that that's, that's amazing. It's so amazing. Little accomplishments, like little accomplishments, like just being able to bend over and tie your shoe is, um, you know, we, we take for granted, I think every day and, and we shouldn't, you know, we should realize that it's a gift to have a body that allows us to move in certain ways. Um, yes. So, yeah. So thank celebrate you. It. Celebrate it every day. Yes. And I want to say too, um, so that program, you don't have to wait to have a heart issue <laughs> to live it. It really is, you know, it's a lifestyle that anyone can embrace and pick up at any time. And, you know, we talked a little bit about it here today. You know, we didn't talk about exercise, but any kind of movement, as well as, you know, that practice of paying attention, of interrupting, um, you know, what, what is actually happening and how you're interpreting it to happen. That's where we get in trouble when we add those filters on reality. So meditation trains us to just take in reality and to live in reality and not the fantasy. Yeah. You know what I mean? Not to add the filters to it. Um, and then of course, uh, you know, speaking truly, you know, you know, speaking, learning to communicate and have good social support in your life. So we don't have to wait for a heart or any major health event to start living that way. And this is what the blue zones tell us too, right? Yes. These are, yeah, these are the same elements of um, our longer living relatives. <laughs> yes. Yes. And thank you for that. Yeah. That previous statement about not having to wait till, you know, we have a heart condition or are on our deathbed to make these changes. Um, perfect. Catherine, this was, this was wonderful. I just, I want to thank you so much for being on it. I just, I feel calmer right now, just having this conversation with you. So. <laughs> <laughs> so this was, this was truly wonderful. Uh, if you want to find out more about Catherine Conti, you can read her full bio in the episode description. Uh, and I want to thank everyone so much for listening today. And thank you again, Catherine, for being here. Thank you, Emily. As always, thank you so much for listening to this week's episode. And if you're looking for more information on the Embracing Plant-Based Mastermind program, you can go to emilywoodrd.com slash work with me, and I'll be in touch. And that link will also be posted in the episode description. Talk to you soon.